Our adventure begins on a mysterious tropical island. Three strangers, all seasoned adventurers and warriors. Some might even say they were like level five in terms of power, but hey, you know what? That would just be weird if you said that out loud. All awake on a beach to find their hands bound and their gear, including their stash of custom personalized weapons stolen. Among them is Aurora, the dragonborn fighter and the last surviving member of her tribe. From her was stolen twin swords named Dusk and Dawn. Next to her was Angus Bloodbeard, played by yours truly, a dwarven berserker whose family was forced to leave the Mountain Kingdom when it was believed that they were too dangerous. From him was stolen his prized spike armor and a great axe he calls Tooth Nasher. Granted, that's uh, Nasher with a G, by the way, because, you know, it's way more cool and fantasy that way. The last of the marooned was a ranger and a rather strange fellow, a bird person by the name of Ornithorus. He's not from around here, but I guess you could tell that all ready. He's missing his prized short bow by the name of Grimfletch. Not that he misses it all that much considering his razor sharp bird talons and the ability to freaking fly makes up for it. Also, let's not forget that he's a ranger who specked into the dual fighting speciality so he doesn't really take all that many pot shots anyway, but now I'm just metagaming. Making friends was very hard for this group. They distrusted each other right away and it didn't help that not one of them remembered how they got onto the island in the first place. Almost as if their memories had been manipulated magically. It's also probably important to note at this point here, the DM says that as far as this world is concerned, magic does not exist. Not anymore at least, but more on that in a minute. The team eventually came upon a boat being picked over by a group of lizard folk holding spears. The fight was ultimately easier than anyone had considered. Angus rolled a 20 right out of the gate and broke a lizard person's face with his big meaty dwarf fist. Oro made great inroads with her fire-based breath weapon and Ornithorus got multiple shots in with both his natural claws and a knife that he picked up from the beach. Speaking of Ornithorus, he proved to be quite the MVP right out of the gate using his flying skills to get to a higher vantage point and spot a large pirate ship in the distance. Our heroes knew even with the spears they managed to accrue from the dead monsters, they would be no match for an entire ship full of enemies. They hoped to lay a trap on the beach for the pirates, but as the ship didn't move any since they spotted, they pretty much just screwed around on the beach for a little bit and waited for their health points to come back. While in the nearby forest looking for shelter, they came by a friendly naga. That's a giant snake with a people face for those of you out there who don't speak nerd. Then again, you're listening to one giant nerd recount the events of his D&D campaign in a funny voice, so hey, can't say I didn't warn you. He told the party to take the lizard people's boat and check out another small island not far from there where some very bad shit went down. Using Angus's background as a security guard for sailing ships, it was easy for our party to reach the island. There they found more dead lizards as well as some pirates and what looked to be another adventurer like them. This dead fellow had a book on him with very strange writing that the crew couldn't exactly make out. Luckily for the party, the dead bodies had a ton of sweet loot on them like knives for Ornithorus, short swords for Aura, and a killer shield and axe combo. Combo for Angus. Then again, Again, it wasn't his, so it was rightly shite. Good timing, too, because not a moment after they all equipped their new gear, the first boss of the campaign appeared from a nearby well. It was a giant lizard monster with four arms, all of which wanted blood. Through teamwork, the good guys were able to win the day, and after a long rest, they figured nightfall would be the best time to attack the pirate ship. 
As they snuck aboard the vessel, they came face to face with a Gensai cleric, which was pretty good as the party had no healer. The cleric was a mysterious fellow, and by that I mean he was played by Nick, my buddy Nick who sucks at role-playing. He also came late, so which means he had no backstory, and he didn't bother to write one. The now four-person party attempted to stealth their way through the rest of the ship, but that failed pretty much instantly once Angus tried to put someone in a chokehold. Once the deck was cleared, they could either go down to the lower deck or head on to the captain's quarters. They hoped the captain would have some answers, and while he did admit that our heroes had been slave-traded, he was mostly unhelpful. Another huge boss fight ensued between the party and the pirate captain, who was a huge gun-using D-bag who also hid behind his desk and a first mate who used a big-ass polearm. But after much back and forth, the captain was slain, netting Angus two pistols of his very own and a crap ton of gold. It was here our hero met a man that the captain had been keeping hostage, an elderly elf trying to return magic to the world. He hired the dead adventurer from before, and as he had no other options, he pretty much had to hire the party. Granted, he had no money to pay them with, but he promised that if Angus and our Nithras and our Ura were able to locate a temple hidden under a whirlpool nearby, he would get everybody home. And thus the first session ended as our heroes ventured to the lower decks, where they used the power of intimidation as well as the captain's hat to retrieve their gear and beloved weapons. And so there you have it, part one of the Island of Death campaign. Be sure to come back next time for the second session.